Peter, we got to go back a little bit because I have to thank you. Because on, on the date of your mortal birth, without even, and I knew it was your birthday, like in the back of my head, but in a pure dab rig panic, and I say this because I had just gotten to Michigan, uh, a storyline that had been building, you did help me out a bit with on last second momenting of me saying, who the fuck do I call to help me out in this situation? Peter was there. Thank you, Peter. What a blessing. You're welcome. I did nothing. Except legally, we can't get into exactly what it was, but it was an incredible help at the time. Took a load of stress off of me. Shout out to Michigan, though. That's uh, we didn't have an episode last week. I did not have time to come over and hang out and see you before then. I feel like the weekend before we did spend some time together, though. We were mm-hmm. we, we chilled. We had a good time. We I went had on a good a time. Clothing adventure. We did go on a clothing adventure. I think that's good to bring up. And it comes up later in the episode as well. Shout out to Atlanta and London, and I guess New York's own Lucid FC, run by the wonderful Chet and Betts uh, twins from England. And they hooked, hooked me up with the finest in fashions. Peter was there. Peter got to take a bunch of photography to make sure everything looked really cool. They hooked us up tremendously. Luckily, it, it makes the boyfriend happy too because... We wear a similar size in clothing, so whenever I get free clothing or free hookups on stuff, if he likes it, he can wear it too. Peter, pretty interesting day, right? It was an interesting day. I did get to see the delivery of said clothing to home, and then it was fun to see it on your social media uh, sporadically. You got to pop it up on the social media. You got to put it over. They were tremendously happy. I think with the press and uh, with everything that went on with it. so I like stories of how things started and then where they got to. So it was delightful to see the Lucy shirt at one point. Yes. And then the photo of you and a yellow beanie that looked awful lot like Will's beanie that he wears regularly. So I know. I know. And I stole that from the boyfriend who I think saw Will wearing it and said I also would like a mustard beanie. That's how fashion travels. That's the trends of fashion. Check out Lucid FC. They're not sponsoring the show, but they did give me free clothes. And also, if you think I would look good in your clothes, or Peter even would look good in your clothes, hook it up. Let's go. Let's talk. I got a P.O. Box. P.O. Box 18799, Atlanta, Georgia, 31126. Send me everything. Thank you. What a blessing. Peter, it has been a hectic week of my life. We were talking earlier about where the planets are, and they seem to be in a place of uh, total and utter confusion, which makes sense. I am toter, total, totally, totally, my tongue does not work because I bit through it. This is the first day I've had decent speech. I'm totally in confusion. That's what I was going to say. Mm-hmm. This weekend at Effie's starts uh, in Michigan. I did two days in Detroit. Now, historically, we've discussed Detroit a good bit on the show. I have not always had the best luck in Detroit, but I will say this. I've always had really good luck actually wrestling. Like once the match starts, I'm in the ring. Pretty good luck in that aspect. Everything else, though, typically does not go well for me. Um, I got I got to Detroit. I did find myself partaking in legal activities there, uh, enjoying one of the neighborhood dab rigs. That's when I called you in or full do, panic. Do they have them like the little local libraries on the side? Yeah, yeah. You just, you know, get a little wax, heat it up, uh, you know, 21 and up. We got to honor the laws. But yeah, I was uh, taking my time and, you know, Horror Slam, they are known for doing 
you know, deathmatch, ultra-violent kind of stuff, but also they're known for having pretty long shows. Um, <laughs> I was match 10 of 11 on this Ooh. day, which is pretty late in the evening. And second to that, I also was behind a few uh, deathmatches. So we were not going to be in a deathmatch, me and Tommy Vendetta, who, sidebar, I've got history with Tommy Vendetta. Now, he's a member of what they call the Death Threat Army, which in wrestling consists of a few members Founding members, Jamie Hall, Aaron O'Ryan, used to be Georgia wrestlers. And in 2014-15, they were some of the first like real feuds I had in wrestling. Effie versus the Death Threat Army. And Aaron O'Ryan, boy, he'll knock the crap out of you. The Death Threat guys will beat the crap out of you. And I knew kind of going into this, it's going to be physical. It's going to be full contact. Tommy Vendetta's taller than me, kind of wide. I mean, he's a little skinnier than me, but he's like, he's a big dude. So I knew it wouldn't be easy. Um... The whole night, though, we're in pretty good spirits. I know Tommy Vendetta. And surprise to people, it doesn't kill kayfabe here to say, I know most of my opponents. And there's a few that I come in with pure bloodlust over. Shout out. We'll talk about this upcoming Sunday. Jeff Jarrett. We'll talk about that. Uh, but sometimes you hang out with your opponents. It is a test of athleticism. It is a contest of skills. You don't have to hate each other all the time. You can get it out of your system in the ring. I bring this up to say that there was a guy hanging out with... Tommy Vendetta all night. So we were hanging out and he kept giving me treats and presents, legal treats and presents. And I'm going, well, I'm match 10. So I got a little time here, but I don't want to be too out of the loop here. Um, and this guy, I didn't find out until the next night. Turns out he's won like six Stanley Cup rings. What? Yeah. Darren McCarty, McCar Darren McCarty. He's also got his own line of uh, cannabis flower. Or vape cartridges oh or something. Um, was chilling with us all night. Great guy. The next night, not to spoil anything, Ricky Morton was like, you got to come meet my friend. And I was like, yeah. He's like, he's a Hall of Famer. Six Stanley Cup rings. I said, oh my God, yeah. And then I go, what up, dude? And he was like, what's up? And I was like, is this your friend, Ricky? And he was like, yeah, you already know him. I was like, I didn't know he played hockey. <laughs> Now I know we're already boys. He smoked me out. And I don't care if you're good at hockey or not. You smoked me out legally in Michigan. You get the hookup. Uh -huh. Horseline went fine, though. Me and Tommy Vendetta, great match, great competition. The Horseline fans, they stick it out. And typically, uh, you know, we get out of a show pretty late. I finally ended up getting some food. Me and one of my favorite people in wrestling, Jordan Oliver, uh, smoked another legal one, had a good time. The next day, though, typically, GCW has run the same venue as Horror Slam the next day. Like, it's a two-day combo. We run the same venue. That was not the case here. The case here this time was we were running a much larger venue in Harpo's, which is a very historic Detroit venue. Uh, the, uh, the people who have played there include people like uh, Guns N' Roses and Poison, and I'm sure Rat. They were probably on the same tour. There's a... We could go through it on the Wikipedia. There's a litany of famous performers that have played here. It seems to be a rock and roll holy site. Also, everybody was like, it's in a scary part of town. And like, I'm not scared of any part of town. And I don't think many of the roster members are. But we pulled up to this building and it the, the owner had his Bentley parked out front. And I was like, I don't think this is as shady as they're making it out to be. It was not. It was a good time. Detroit, though, is frozen. It's so cold. 
And also, a lot of abandoned houses, no offense to the people of Detroit, they haven't done anything with it, but when it's this cold and the houses are abandoned, there's just this like feel of like uh-huh. desolation almost that you're just like kind of riding through. Luckily, we're all good. You know, Matt Justice is having the time of his life here because it's, you know, this historic venue. All the bands he loves have played here. He gets to be in that backstage area. So he was in the time of his life, and we'll get back to that later. It'll make sense. Uh, this night, the second night of my weekend, I was in a tag team match with my lovely sister uh, in Christ, Allie Catch of the Bussy. Bussy is all over the world right now. People love Bussy. Alley Catch, Effie, known as Bussy. That's how you say it. That's what it is. That's the only name. You can't call us Alley Catch and Effie. As a tag team, we are Bussy. Get used to it. We were fighting two legends. Ricky Morton, who I fought earlier in the year, who is the reason I have this mess of blonde hair on my head, because I thought it would be cute, and then I stuck with it. And then Two Cold Scorpio, the former Flash Funk, who I've also had a match with. Like, luckily enough, I'm coming into this going like, I'm fighting legends, who I've already wrestled. I beat Ricky Morton. I did not beat Two Cold Scorpio, so this was a big moment. These two, and this is, you got to be careful peeling any kayfabe with these guys because they're going to, like, kick my ass later. If you've ever heard either of them speak, in wrestling terms or not, they have a very unique uh, way of speaking, both of them. I'm going to give a quick neck pop here before I get too deep. And if you pay deep attention, you can understand exactly what they're saying. But this is a situation where they are both speaking in their language at the same time to us. And honestly, Allie's over here just taking it all in, just riffing with it. And I'm looking at all three of them going, I have no clue what anyone is saying right here. (laughs) Like I have... Like, we talked for 20 minutes, and I have no clue what anyone is saying here. And when you're in a big room like this, I mean, we had a lot of people in there, I think 800 or so, in the Harpo's building. It's cold. They're excited. People are getting riled up. You're later in the evening. A lot of matches have already happened. And you're going at the curtain, and you're going, I have no clue what's about to happen here. I have no clue at all what is going to go on. Let's see how this works out. But... I'm also loose enough now as a wrestler to where I'm like, this isn't a full deterrence for me. Like, I'm not like, hold on, give us two minutes and let me figure. I'm just going, you know what? I think we've all done this long enough and them longer than me. Nothing's that scary. Let's see what happens. We went off. We went crazy. It was incredible. People loved it. Those two guys are just like, you don't survive in wrestling 40, 50 years of a career without being a little insane, but also being very malleable. And they're very malleable, and they work with us. We do a lot of weird stuff as Bussy. They were totally fine with it. They played it up. Incredible. We won. We won. Now, I did have to make a point after this match, and there were too many people cutting promos. There was a big moment earlier. Earlier in the night, we were all trying to figure out, can we smoke in this building or not? And everyone said, no, you cannot smoke in this building. Well... Sabu and his whole crew, they just started smoking in the green room. So I said, well, this must be, if they're going to take the heat for it, we'll just do it, whatever. What I'm saying is earlier, Justice had a big speech with Sabu. They had been, you know, living. Uh, So I was like, I don't want to take too long on a speech, but I got to say something. And I basically cut a promo that said, 
Ricky Morton, Two Cold Scorpio. These are guys who come into GCW, who give us respect, who treat us, you know, like actual wrestlers, and who aren't just coming in here going, "Well, I used to do a thing. I used to do something, and you should just let me come in there. It'll be good." And guys fall for it because they're like, "I've seen that guy on TV. We should give him money. He'll make our show real." And really, they're just stealing your money. And they're stealing your sunshine. And they're making your fans go, this is unfortunate and stupid. I cut this promo. Directed at Jeff Jarrett. It may have caused some problems later. Because I spent that night in Detroit. And I actually got to come back home to Atlanta. Because Saturday night's event. After I you know, beat the legends. I'm on top of the world. We're working Detroit. And we're working Atlanta. And we're working Atlantic City. Like, you know, I'm just feeling the like wrestling vibe of this. I get to come home to Atlanta because Saturday's event is live on Twitch. Zicky Dice's outlandish paradise. This is like, this has never been done before. And I know, you know, I'm good friends with Zicky Dice. We live in a similar part of the country. He's, you know, 30 minutes up the road in Kennesaw. It's not quite Atlanta. I'll let him have it. I'm just saying. It's hard to get out there sometimes. We know each other pretty well. Twitch has wanted to get into the live event space for a while, but with the COVID stuff, it's like, oh my God, what are we going to do? They finally took the risk and said, okay, Zicky, let's see what you can do. He set it up here. He worked it out here. He brought the crew in here. This show was absurd. Now, you'll understand later, it is important I'm here because GCW is running the same night. They were running in Chicago. This is what still has not been answered to me. And I yelled at the phone at GCW management for a second saying, do do I work for Jeff Jarrett? Is there something going on that I don't know? Because y'all are just now letting him come here. And they said, there's no harm in letting him come here and talk. I said, well, I'm not there. He said, the rest of your roster's there. I said, okay, fine, whatever. I'm at Outlandish Paradise. I got to spend the morning with my boyfriend. We got food together. We had a good time. Lovely. He got to go hang out with Zicky Dice's wife, Chicky Dice, They all came to the show together later. Like, that's fantastic that you can have at least the spouse time. The Real House Girls of Atlanta. There's enough spouses in Atlanta. We could sell that show. That would be an interesting show. Uh, But it all worked out, and I got there, and I am facing, for the first time ever, Dalton Castle. Like I said, Peter, I've had, like, like, the string of matches I'm having. It's unbelievable. Just lined up one after another. This month, I mean, it's... Tommy Vendetta, Ricky Morton, Too Cold Scorpio, now Dalton Castle, this weekend, Sonny Kiss, and now, unfortunately, Jeff Jarrett. What I'm running through is just, like, the gamut. Like, I'm on the Terry Fuck run of a lifetime. We're feeling it here. This is good wrestling stuff. But there's expectations when you go into these matches with people who you both have a reputation. He's been under contract for Ring of Honor. Effie has not been under contract anywhere. So the chances of us meeting in the last few years has been very slim unless I wanted to go be a jabroni for Sinclair, which I did not. So he's now coming back to the Indies after Ring of Honor is undergoing some things. I'm sure he'll be back over there and do well or somewhere on TV. He's a very talented guy. But he's also coming in with the pressure of like, I don't do Indies a lot. This is like my second or third Indie back. I don't really know y'all's people. I know wrestling extremely well. And I'm coming in and going, hi, I'm Chaos. I know you've met me briefly. Now we're working together. Here's the craziest shit you've ever heard. Trust me. And he's going, I don't know if I trust you like that yet. I don't know if I'm fully on board for that yet. He goes, you sound, should I be concerned? It was kind of his mentality. And I was like, Dalton Castle, you listen to me right now. And there's a seed of doubt in Dalton Castle when we were getting ready to do this performance. Uh 
And I don't mind that, Peter. That's the new gamut. I yelled again on the phone about, could somebody send a PDF so I stop having to lead these fucking horses to the water so they're a little bit prepared of what they're dealing with? Guess what? When you deal with Effie, it is chaos. It is crazy. It is wild. But you'll be fine. Just hold on. The worst thing you can do is not trust me. The second you don't trust me, the second you second guess me, you're going to fuck something up. But if you just f- trust me and go with it, if Matt Cardona, you know, Zack Ryder can trust me, if Ricky Morton and Two Cold Scorpio can trust me, if these legends of the game, so so to say, can trust me, buckle in, hang tight, you'll be okay. It's going to be fine. It took him a second, but then he got to feel the magic. Now, I call some... Stu- you can go watch this match free on Twitch. It's free. Go stream it. At the end of the event, shout out to Zicky Dice. Over 350,000 unique viewers tuned in for Zicky Dice's Outlandish Paradise. It's incredible. You had Medusa there. You had Enzo there, I guess. John Schuyler, myself. People like Ashton Starr, AC Mack, Carly Bravo. It was stacked. Evil Uno of, uh, of... the AEW roster was there, of the Dark Order was there, and Evil Uno and myself have kind of run in similar circles, but we've never met in person, so it was lovely to meet him in person. I'm not joining the Dark Order just yet. We did have minor discussions. I'm in the ring with Dalton, and this man looks at me, and he goes, I don't think it's working. We're real early in the game. And he said, I don't think it's working. And then he came back up about 25 seconds later, and he goes... Oh my God, it's working. And I go, you know, this is the story that I've been dealing with for the past year. And hopefully we get through it. But maybe part of it, maybe I'll miss it when everybody knows what's going on. It goes, oh, I already saw everything. How many seconds later? A few. I mean, but enough. (laughs) Enough seconds later. Now, I do have to rewind a little bit here. And Zicky, it's not your fault. And I get it. And, you know, the composer of this song did a great job. I want to be clear. Effie comes out to Elton John's Yellow Brick Road. Pretty much, that's it. There's another song. If you're going to have to do it on like local TV or something, they've got it. It's good. It's a great song. I did not realize my song was my song when it hit at Zicky Dice's Outlandish Paradise. So I stumble out like confused that it's my entrance. I do, and you can see this on tape, I trip on the stage, eat it, and then I rip a helium balloon off of the stage, suck the whole thing down, and yell out in my little gremlin voice, what the fuck is up? This is full, like, chaos. So I can understand Dalton Castle being a little concerned about what he's getting in the ring with. He usually has Sinclair, like, at least giving these people a physical beforehand or something along those lines, just to make sure. But I'm also the, <laughs> the guy... The level of improv is incredible. Like, holy yeah. shit. And I people have to be I ready saw that for that clip. I didn't realize that was your intro. Fully my intro, just falling on the ground, sucking down a helium balloon... Vibin, Canton, Georgia. Uh, but yes, you are dealing with someone who like, I'll just change what I'm doing. You got to go with me. I'll let you know what's happening, but go with me. I can understand having a little bit of concern as an athlete getting in there. I'm the same guy who told Ring of Honor when they asked me, they said, when was your last concussion? And I said, never. And they said, you've never had a concussion? And I go, I've never had a concussion, which... Folks, I'm not going to fill you in on the rest of that, but that is a real confident lie to to pass forward to people. (laughs) Fuck them. The match went great, and I think we were both in agreement that he's early on the indie scene. We are both two flamboyant, charismatic fucks. 
I sold that part in the match. I got a, a victory over him by sticking my head down his pants. He does a move where he flips you. I stuck his head down my pants, but he countered it. So I stuck my head down his pants to stop the gravitational flow. Everybody said, you ate his ass. No, I didn't. I stopped the gravitational flow of the bangerang. I got a quick roll up. I think we'll be meeting a lot in the future. I don't think we had to give Twitch everything we had in the bag. It was a fun match, 10-minute match, uh, craziness. I did bite my fucking tongue extremely hard. And I know sold it to Dalton because I didn't want him to feel bad because it was completely my fault. We did a spot where we were bumping our magic crotches, uh, attacking each other. I turn around and feed him my butt for the crotch. He says, no, German suplex over the head. I am used to guys being a little weaker, a little smaller, a little less able or capable than Dalton Castle, who's a fucking physical freak. That man threw me hard enough for me to not do anything. I could have sandbagged him and he would have tossed me in a German. I gave him a little extra and that thing flipped me all the way over. I think though, if I had not bit through my tongue with the way I landed, I would have cracked my neck, Peter. And I'd rather my tongue hurt than me have a neck yeah, injury right now. Yeah. Because my neck was fine. My head was fine. Everything was fine. If you look at the landing, it does not look good. Bit my tongue. Severe. Even went to the doctor. She gave me a steroid prescription and an antibiotic and said, I've seen worse with people with epilepsy. And I'm like, okay, well, you don't have to rub it in about how. I did tell her I felt it on the stairs, though, because I'm tired of explaining the wrestling thing to doctors. It's just... It's, I tell him I'm a pro video gamer now. What are you doing? Pro video gamer. That's all I do. I'm not good at any games. I'm just on the screen. So, boom, I bite my lip. Not a big deal. The boyfriend was at this show. If you got to meet him, what a glory moment. And he will be at Hammerstein in one of the VIP boxes, I've been told. Uh, but he's there, and he's concerned, because I have bit through my tongue, but not concerned enough that he's not going to go out on the town, which I think is good. Him and the rest of the wrestlers went out. I did not. Because I pulled my phone out right after this match. My mouth is hurting. There's blood. I'm spitting probably. Sorry to the action building, the amount of spit blood you had to clean up all over because I didn't care anymore. Allie, who just defeated Kylie Ray, who has defeated this year many competitors like uh, Mercedes Martinez. It's it, The list goes on. She's kind of promo. She's in Chicago. She gets attacked by Jeff Jarrett with a guitar. Here's the deal, Peter. You can attack me. You can fuck me up. You can, you know, sneaky, get me from behind. The lights are off. I'm a cowboy. Why are you going to fuck with her? What people need to understand about us as a tag team, about Bussy as a tag team, we have been pitched constantly to break up or fall apart or whatever. We've had matches against each other this year uh, and the year before. Bussy can fight on our own accordance. Bussy can team up on our own accordance. And Bussy can be singles wrestlers on our own accordance. And if that fucks with your brain, then throw the tropes out the window. Wrestling's a new thing on this dawn. Get ready for your spirit. Bussy is a real tag team. But when I'm not there to do anything, when I'm publicly not announced on a show, I figured a bunch of people would not let in Jeff Jarrett into the fucking building. I guess they had to. He probably has his own fucking dressing room. I hope, you know, they weren't taking more selfies with him. I saw a few people taking selfies with the guy who just keeps sneak attacking. So I finish. I'm already a little mad. My tongue hurts. And now I'm looking and I'm going, oh, so he's attacking my bussy sister. This is unbelievable. Um, it took me a second and it took a little more coaxing. But I did, after that moment, decide to accept the match. I don't know what Jeff Jarrett's thinking. I don't know what's on his mind. He's not speaking up. He's a silent cowboy. It's like a... He's like a mumbly Bob Dylan type or whatever. I mean, I've seen a lot of things across the road. I've seen a lot of people down the road. Pomegranates on a rice cake. I don't know. It's 
it doesn't make sense. I don't know why you're after me other than I'm fucking, I'm the hottest in the world right now. I don't know. But if you want to fight, we're going to fight. And so Sunday, I'm going to Hammerstein. I'm going to wear my fucking ring gear because that's what I do. And if you want to meet me in the ring, let's go face to face. Let's have a moment. Let's have a fight. Whatever, Jeff Jarrett. Don't attack my sister. I will tell you this, though. Sleeping in your own bed after a wrestling match, even with your tongue fucked up. Woo! That is remarkable. And now the week doesn't end here. Like we're about to get into the craziest part of the week so far. But Sunday, I got to just have a nice day. Now, granted, I haven't had solid food, Peter, in it's Thursday now. I haven't had it in four days. I've not had solid food in four days since yeah, Sunday. So like not good. I'm drinking my protein shakes. I'm keeping my nutrients. I got my Huel. You guys know about Huel? Mm-hmm. I got it going, but I couldn't like swallow. Like I'm my tongue will at least sit in between my teeth now. It's still pretty painful. It's still very obvious in my mouth. But I am getting more capable. I'm not worried about the weekend. It's fine. Now, I got home, and there's a snowstorm coming. I woke up Sunday to the snow, which was beautiful. You mm-hmm. did as well. I slept till like 2, Peter. Oh, beautiful. Just slept. And AJ woke up and was like, what time is it? I was like, it's 2. And he was like, no. I was like, yes. In the bed. Now, I had gotten a call the day before uh, saying, hey, look, I know this is really last second. Would you come do this interview in New York? I said, what's the, what's the interview? I'll be honest. It was Giancarlo calling me. I said, Giancarlo, what the fuck? You know I'm busy, and you know I have to um, rest my feet during the week before my stream. I have my stream on Monday, and my tongue hurts, Giancarlo. He says, for Barstool, they want to interview you and Allie together as bussy. We'll get you the flight to New York. Come do it. I said, cool. This all sounds relative. And then the day before, I started getting a little nervous because the snowstorm is rolling in. I said, do I still do this? And they said, yes. We're driving from Chicago. We're going to make it. We're going to stop real quick in Ohio. It's going to be perfect. So I drive uh, to the airport. Well, I don't drive. I ride the MARTA because I love that train. I get on my plane, I land in Newark, and they go, hey, we got four feet of snow, we are not moving, you're on your own, kid. So I've just landed in Newark, and he goes, here's how you get into my apartment, and good luck. So I'm in Newark, and I just figure it out. I get into the city, I go to the Barstool HQ. Now here's where I've got to be a little cautious, Peter, but I I have to tell this joke, and I'm going to censor it out. I was talking to one of the Barstool staffers. I'd gone into the bathroom to uh, vape and not poop, Effie has never pooped. And I came out and they said, uh, oh man, you said you found the bathroom. I said, yep. They said, that's the, that's the bathroom that uh, guest who's on the show a lot involved in wrestling is in a lot when he's here. I go, oh yeah? And they go, yeah, he just goes in there for 10 or 15 minutes. Whenever he comes out, he's real excited to talk about wrestling. And I was like, oh yeah, is that right? So your secret's not safe with anyone. Be careful where you're at. Be careful what you do. We know why you tweet weird, and we know what's going on. Get your life together before you talk shit about others. Also, you're not a wrestler, so stop telling people who is good and who is bad at wrestling. I go to do the interview, and I kind of am not familiar with Barstool other than like a lot of my fans are telling me they're shitty or whatever, or they're misogynistic, they do hateful shit, and that's probably all very true and verifiable, but... When you give me a large platform to talk shit on, and when people are not that 
He was not that familiar with Effie. I was sent as a GCW liaison. My alley catch sister could not be there to create the bussy environment. Giancarlo couldn't be there to kind of direct things. It's just me, and I have no leashes on me. And so this is for their wrestling podcast. That like I'm on the same episode as like Britt Baker. They interview WWE people. They interview AEW people. They even have a segment called Indie Corner where they interview like indie people. But I'm coming in to sell the GCW show, and I'm coming in full chaos. And people, I I don't tell you often to go listen to my interviews. I mean, if you listen to the podcast, you get a, a pretty good insight. I went off the rails with this guy and he's like trying to do a character that's kind of like ignorant a little bit. And boy, he just kept setting me up the greatest home runs. People do this when you're witty enough, they set up home runs for you. You know, they get ready for you. And my goodness, even with this dusty roads tongue impression, I was hitting them left and right. I was going for it. You watched a little bit of it, mm-hmm. didn't you, Peter? This perspective is going to make me go back and watch the whole thing. Yeah. And, you know, you're just in this office going, you know, everybody's kind of looking at you. Everybody's doing their thing. You know, they, they kept walking around going, this is where Dave Portnoy sits in his office. This is where Dave Portnoy does his show. This is where Dave Portnoy yells at us in staff meetings. And I kind of dropped the, uh, oh, is he like your L. Ron Hubbard? Is, is Portnoy like your L. Ron Hubbard? And they were... Yeah, kind of, yeah, that's, yeah, you know, he's our founder and that, but I didn't see this guy and I don't know. And I'm not like, he's our founder. I'm not like following up on Barstool, but I had a really fun time uh, with Brandon Walker and doing the wrestling podcast because he really, he was fine with me just kind of being uh, a goober piece of shit because he's a goober piece of shit. And so we did it together and it's just for, it's 45 minutes of pure chaos. I even got to roast Chick-fil-A shout out to Truett Kathy. With the biggest walk-in closet you've ever seen. Every time he walks out of his walk-in closet, they may, they say, my pleasure. my ple- Make sure everyone says my pleasure. Did we raise enough money to stop the gays? Not yet, Truett. Keep making chicken. Keep making chicken, Peter. I did a two-year tour of duty at the Chick-fil-A when mm. I was in high school. And Dan Cathy, who is Truett Cathy's son, who is, I believe, still the CEO of the company... Uh, he drove this truck that had been converted over to run on used peanut oil. Oh my God. So he would essentially pick up his gasoline from Chick-fil-A's and we were coached on how to talk to him. There was like a specific thing that you were supposed to say when he rolls up to grab his peanut oil. So we, I only did this once, but I like go out and he pulls up and I, you know, give the whole like, hello, Mr. Kathy, how are you? How is your day? And he just says, put it in the back. That was, that was oh it. Oh my God. <laughs> you know, they say that, uh, what psychopaths are born and sociopaths are created. Good for you. True. It Kathy. Mm. Good for you for making a whole line of fresh, fresh psychopath. I always say though, isn't it, isn't it good that, uh, uh, guys like that got into like chicken. Like he can go be obsessed over chicken instead of like, mangling people and mm-hmm. hiding bodies because yeah. that energy could be used in a, a very different way that would be even more hateful than it is now i mean with that chicken sandwich we're looking at like a hannibal style killer like full on display kind of you shit. gotta brown it in the pickle juice to keep the meat soft it gives it a little tang out of the fryer you know the peanut oil softens it gives it a rounder flavor but that tang from the pickle juice really gives it something special that's my true it, Kathy impression. Did you like it? It jeeve you out? Yeah. I do want to talk, before we get into the questions and stuff, I want to say this weekend, 
Sunny Kiss, Saturday night. Enjoy wrestling in uh, Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, the Mr. Smalls Theater, another big venue where people like uh, Mac Miller, RIP. I think it might be his birthday yesterday. Mm. Um, yeah, a big theater, big action. Sonny, uh, I'm going to cut a promo probably, but I want to be clear with people. You're a main event talent. You're a, uh, a full main event player. I gave you some advice before you ever went to TV, and I want to see if you kept any of it. And I know you've been held down a little bit over there, and I understand that. But let's, uh, let's find out. I want to be the measuring stick now, and I think I can proclaim to at least be somewhat of a measuring stick. Now, some people see a measuring stick in wrestling as like, they can do the most wrist locks. They can do the most leg locks. I think of it as someone who uh, Effie can uh, Effie can perform at any level with any person. Effie can have a match with any person that you throw me in the ring with. I want to see what, what you think pro wrestling is, and I want to be able to express that with you, but I want to know... I want to know what they've done, and I want to feel it. I want to feel the truth. Now, Sunday, big show. The boyfriend's coming. Uh, Going to be a big one. Hammerstein Ballroom. Uh, hopefully not the only time we go in there. Jeff Jarrett, obviously, returning. He's been there before. Briscoes have been there before. A few people have been there before for wrestling. But this is the largest wrestling crowd Hammerstein has ever had. And uh, I'm going to beat Jeff Jarrett's ass all over Hammerstein Ballroom. And my boyfriend's going to watch from the VIP like uh, the old guys from the Muppets. And he'll have to, he'll go, ho, 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 not much of a slap nuts if your nuts are already getting slapped, are they? So I, that's my that's my vision of this weekend. I hope people are excited. Ali's promo made me cry. It's incredible, right? Mm-hmm. God, what a, what a beautiful spirit, that Ali catch. Just get ready for that. Ruby Soho, Ali Catch. Jeff Jarrett and Effie is fine. You know, get that on pay-per-view. But Ruby Soho, Ali Catch, that's a wrestling match. Get in on that. Shout out. And shout out to John Moxley, who looked phenomenal this week on Dynamite, getting ready for a title match against Homicide Sunday. We'll see where things go on that. Could get weird. We got two questions. Oh, my God. This is great. All right. This one's a quick one. This is from James. Okay. Have you ever wrestled Jake something, and if so, where and when? Yes, I did. Uh, during the famous Chicago Collective Weekend, uh, which I believe happened around one of the AEW pay-per-views, the Friday night 11 p.m. show, Three Cups Stuffed. At Two Cups Stuffed, I wrestled Nick Gage for the GCW Championship. At Three Cups Stuffed, I wrestled Jake something for the Black Label Pro Championship, and Holy mackerel, that man is so strong. I suggest going to watch the match. I think it is on Fight or somewhere. I don't know. Stream it. I don't give a damn. There's a moment where I try to do a head scissors on Jake something, which is a move where if you pick me up, I use my body to pull you down with my legs around your head to supposedly drop you on your head, right, with my legs. I go down and I do this and I think it works and this man holds on to my legs and then picks me all the way back up and slams me again. He's so freaking strong. It's an incredible match. I think it's only 10 or 12 minutes, but it is full on bang blast chaos. Uh, he catches me out of the air from like 10 feet in the air. It's incredible. Jake something. Very strong. I know his impact deal expired. I did get to Ricky Morton is so nice. He's the sweetest man of all time. And my dad, it's the only thing that makes him jealous when I say, oh, I'm hanging out with Ricky Morton. But I did have a moment, Peter. This sounds like I'm getting off guard. He said, Ricky, uh, he said, Effie, come come meet my friend Scott. And I went up, and it's Scott Demore from Impact. And he was like, oh, yeah, Effie, Effie's a good worker. Effie's real good in this. 
And I kind of like shook his hand, but it was sort of with the like mindset of like, I need you to do better booking my friends. This was just me looking in his eyes. And also it's not going to work with us. I so don't get any ideas. Have you ever like had that conversation through a handshake? It was no offense. Like he's a very nice man. He's very good. And I'm sure he has made a lot of cool wrestling, but it, you sort of have to let him know. Jake, something's contract with them expired. Silly. The guy should have been their champion. He's an incredible talent. Jake something forever. What's his name? Something. All right, one more. This is from Michael. Greetings, Effie and Peter. I'm loving the podcast. I have a question for Effie and a question for Peter. Effie, when are we going to finally see you versus Ultra Mantis Black? If the answer is simple, whenever, if ever, then could you regale, regale us with a tale from when you used to play in bands? Oh, those two questions. That's okay. I like the two questions. Uh, it's no secret, I don't think, to people who have paid enough attention. I, I would like a match with Ultra Mantis Black. I know he comes from that school of uh, of the Chikara Land, and I know things ended a little sour over there with everything. And since then, I've gotten I've gotten to spend time with a lot of the guys who were over there, including you know Hallow Wicked and uh, Frightmare, somewhat. <coughs> Pardon me. Um, and I know that after that, a lot of these guys have been real selective about where they go, selective about where they show up. I do think with the right promotion and the right story that uh, me versus Ultramantis Black would not only be satisfying to him on a narrative and wrestling level, but would also be satisfying on a response level because I think we could get money behind it. These guys, I go to Sick Nick Mondo. We did a deal where we we entered him in the Hall of Fame with GCW, the Indie Hall of Fame, or the Deathmatch Hall of Fame, one or the other, the Deathmatch Hall of Fame. And we're sitting in the room and he's doing the signing for all the merch that people had bought. And he was like, dude, I don't, I didn't know I had this many fans still. Like it's been forever. And it's like, dude, you're the guy sick, Nick. Like everybody still looks at you. Like you're the reason guys get into deathmatch. You're the reason guys love the narrative work. And I think of someone like Ultraman is black, who I hope doesn't have those same doubts, but also like, I don't think he understands how excited people would be if he got back in there. You know, even the match he had with Nick Gage at the collective a few years ago, I think it would be wild. Um, I will say only this about touring with bands. I don't miss having band members. I don't miss waiting around for band members uh, or lugging equipment everywhere. Now, I have to take my stuff everywhere, but I know how to handle my stuff. I don't want to worry about other people. That's you, so selfish. You don't selfish. have to lug a guitar around like some people. If my match sucks or if I'm not players. prepared, it's me. It's me. I don't have to lug a guitar, Jeff Jarrett. <laughs> Uh, Peter, we occasionally get to hear bits and pieces of your life story, and it's always fascinating. Thank you. Any chance we could hear some more on the podcast? Thanks in advance. Why don't you ask me a question? Because I don't know ever. I'm filled with stories from my childhood. But Okay, so you, I mean, you spent, we've discussed this, most of the childhood in Africa. I think sometimes around holiday seasons, I'm like, I don't want to do holiday stuff. I don't want to do this. What are the differences in how you were celebrating holidays in Africa? And what are the things about holidays here? Like, is there ever a time where you're like, I feel like I missed out on something because I wasn't this part of holidays or this part. So it doesn't feel like it has any connection to me. Uh, That's a weird question. Well, yeah. Well, one, I lived on literally on the equator. So the temperature is like a perfect 75 to 85 all year round. So you don't have real seasons there. So I missed, I didn't get like the winter connection. Like snow is terrifying to me. It doesn't have this like, ooh, it's Christmas time or the holidays or whatever. 
Um, so it always felt like a little artificial. Like my parents were like, this is a thing that people do. And I go, I don't think people do this because I've asked around and no one else is doing this except for the other white people that are here. And it's like Halloween is not a thing over there. In fact, it's like pretty looked down upon to celebrate. So we'd have these like weird Halloween celebrations among just the missionaries and all their kids and everything. Um, Did you dress up? Like, was there... Oh, yeah, yeah. Like, every year since Harry Potter was a thing, it was definitely a Harry Potter character. Um, A lot of Bible characters. Oh, yeah. Uh, It was was so... And looking back on it, it was so culty because we would have these Christmas parties where it would be like 150 to 200 missionary, like, families together in one place... And I remember, like, just, like, singing endless songs and just other crazy shit. And, like, the baking was off the charts. And it just, it, it was, like, picture-perfect Christian cult. <laughs> it was like they needed it to almost appear perfect so you'd yeah. be like, this is, we're on the right path here. But but isolated from the, the rest of we the culture. In. Yeah, because yeah. we're in the middle of Africa and we'd be in these, like, crazy because they would always pick like the richest person who was there and go to their like mansion in the countryside and so you felt like that's wild yeah like the the range of poverty to richness is like way more palpable there i get that i get that so there's a bigger a bigger divide then and you guys are kind of in the i mean you're not well, you're not, like you're, suffering through over yeah, there. yeah with the the dollar went way further especially in the 90s and so it was a, it's weird to talk about, but I had a gardener and a maid the entire time I was growing up. That's incredible. Like both my parents, my dad ran um, a school of theology and my mom taught at it. So I was a turnkey kid. Is, is that the... Um, oh, that's the term. Okay. okay. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah, that's an American expression that I picked up. Um, and so I was mostly raised by uh, a Kenyan woman who was our maid who lived in, she had like a side apartment in the house that we lived in. That's incredible. She had a tortilla business. Oh my God. Yeah. Homemade? Yeah. Like she had tortillas and these thicker, um, they're called chapatis. Chapatis. They're like a flatbread kind of thing. I love this. But what we on it, she would use our phone and people would like order because you know, tortillas aren't like a thing. Yeah. Yeah. But there's enough of a thing to where she had a business. Uh huh. Yeah. Did you have to make tortillas, Peter? I helped a little bit. It was fun. That's incredible. I was always, I loved It wasn't I like, you better African get these food. done. It was like, I just want to help out. No, it was this more like a... I loved African food. My parents didn't want anything to do with it. <gasps> it's tough in Africa because that's mostly what they eat in Africa. <laughs> African food. It seems like a, seems like a tough ride there. I mean, that was another weird thing is I got special treatment because I was born there. Like it didn't matter. Once they found, once anyone that was Kenyan found out that I was born there, they're like, "Oh, you're one of us." Like we don't see you as different, right? And but my parents weren't opted into that, so I got like special yeah. treatment all the time. I love this, Peter. We're gonna have to go back to Africa. Special report, definitely. Let's. I do think it. that's incredible. Well, what a time it is. Weekend at Effie's. I got to get to the store before it closes. It's a time. How'd we do? We did great. 45. I love it. Effielives.com slash merch. Get a shirt. We'll figure out with these bear shirts what we're going to do. I'll probably put up another cell of them. Uh, Twitch.tv slash Effielives. It's Weekend at Effie's. They really Peter. pop. Like, they, they do really pop. pop. The bear shirts pop. Yeah. They look great. 
Uh, follow Peter at Low Sky Dance on Twitter and Instagram. Great stuff. The aliens have been visiting. It's beautiful. I love it. You got anything else? No, that's all I got. Fuck them. <laughs>